How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches And though you will try to always get it right, the beauty of life lives inside of you. And I hope someday you find it too. You've heard all the ads and seen the shops for CBD and maybe you've wondered, what's the hype? Cannabidiol is known for its ability to provide non-habit-forming relaxation, and now you can have it in a convenient nasal spray. You can take it anywhere. Just go to simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And check out Dr. Scott's Buffered Saline CBD Nasal Spray. Just a couple of toots, and you'll see why he's America's top CBD nasal spray. While you're there, check out his line of supplements from fatigue reprieve to stress less. Dr. Scott has it all. That's simplyherbals.net. Simplyherbals.net. Give thyself a bell. Can you please stop bullshitting and get to the question? You see? You see? You're stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. No. Take a cow. 
From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios in beautiful downtown Bedabler City, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott. The traditional Chinese medicine provider gives me street cred. Tobacco alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. My partner in all things, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello. And back from sabbatical, ladies and gentlemen, NP Mel B. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to a regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHIT. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your health care provider. Please don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all of your shopping needs. It makes a huge difference. Uh, it, it really, as much as anything else, helps uh, keep the show on the air. So stuff.drsteve.com. You can scroll down, see the things that we talk about on the show, including the uh, adult uh, toy, the um, womanizer. Mm. Yes. So you can check that out, or you can look at the roadie robotic tuner at roadie.drsteve.com, or it's right there on stuff.drsteve.com. I checked out the link, tweaked audio still works, tweakedaudio.com, offer code FLUID will get you 33% off. None of this namby-pamby 5 or 10% discount crap. 33%. You buy three things, you pay for two. And then uh, Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. We'll talk about that in a minute. Check us out at patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. Um, doing some uh, uh, exclusive um, uh, live streams there. Also exclusive shows. We have uh, the, um, what do we call the exam room? We haven't done one of those in a while where we have a celebrity come in and they ask us questions. It's kind of fun. And But anyway, that's patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. And then if you want me to just to say fluid to your mama, I will be happy to do so at uh, cameo.com slash weirdmedicine. I'm as cheap as they'll let me be. I would do them for free just because they're fun. Right. And we need to do one for Donna Pittman here in a minute uh, because she ordered like three of them, and one of them's a 24-hour one, so we got to do it. But, uh, Scott, I can do it if you guys are too hot and you want to get out of here. But anyway, all right, very good. So uh, welcome, everyone. Good to see you. Don't forget Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. Tis the season for... CBD nasal spray, apparently. Yes, it I don't is. Know. Yes, it is. Oh, good. Good deal. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, uh, NP Melby, you haven't been here for a while. No, haven't. And uh, people listening to you may notice that your voice sounds a little different. Yes. I don't have the raspy. You don't like, have the uh, smoker's voice. The, the sexy I, voice I anymore. It's gone. Voice from the <laughs> crazy old lady <laughs> from my hey, initial doll. encounter. Or from the uh, 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 Andy Griffith uh, Fun Girls. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. Hey, Bernie. And then the other one, hello, doll. Yes, <laughs> all gone. Yeah. All gone. So what What happened? What's going on? Well, I had what? a very large thyroid nodule. 
um, that just kept growing, and it was compressing my vocal cords, and it is now gone. They that removed it surgically. They did, and my entire thyroid with it. Oh, is that right? Yes, the whole okay, thing. Okay, so I'm displaying the for the people who are watching live, they can see the picture. If you want to see it, you can go to uh, youtube.com slash at weird medicine and, uh, and see a, um, what is, it looks like a big, Looks like sweet breads. I guess it actually oh, is sweet breads. So gross. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, sweet bread to thymus gland, right? It looks mm-hmm. like barbecue chicken. Yeah. Oh, that's gross too. <laughs> so the two lobes in this yeah. thing is the thyroid, I'm assuming, and then right. the big thing in the lower right hand corner is the is, is the, the nodule. nodule itself. That is the very large mass. So what was the pathology of the mass? Uh, not cancer. So Yay. that's great. Okay. Um, it was some type of cyst that just kept getting bigger. Really? Yes. And kept growing for whatever reason. Hmm. So you had it removed. And uh, is it, tell us about that procedure. Uh, well, yeah, just surgical procedure. Um, they cut across my neck right around, right where my collarbone is. Yeah. Right there in that notch. Okay. Got a large a scar, a couple inches across there. And they just cut into it. They removed both lobes of my thyroid and that tumor. And that tumor, that mass that was there was about almost eight centimeters. Wow. So it's pretty big. It looks, it looks huge. Yeah, about the size of a baseball. Is it the North American record, I wonder? Uh, not quite. <laughs> so, now, not. <laughs> so now you have to be on uh, medication the yes. rest of your life? With my thyroid gone, I have to have a thyroid replacement. Really? So... We're still working on getting that adjusted. Yeah, talk to Tacey about that. Oh. She's It is a nightmare. It is, it is a a an ongoing thing. It's like you feel good, and then they take blood, and they make an adjustment, and then you don't feel so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, what uh, Tacey's run into is that they tend to um, treat you based on numbers on a piece oh. of paper. They do. They, they treat based on your TSH level. And uh, that's not always right. reflective and of how you feel. Correct. And we've learned that uh, treating just based on numbers is uh, fraught with all kinds of problems mm-hmm. because is. the numbers themselves are suspect. Mm-hmm. If you take a sample of 1,000 people, and I just wonder how many people are undiagnosed with thyroid disease in this country. Oh, a bunch, I would think. Yeah, so so you're including them in the normal. Just yeah. walking around feeling like shit. Yeah, feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. And that's, so you, do, you take 1,000 people, you get the mean, and then you go two standard deviations from the mean, and you call that normal. Mm-hmm. But what if there's a significant fraction of people that are low, and they're skewing those numbers down mm-hmm. so that normal – looks normal when it really shouldn't be normal. We see this with testosterone all the time mm-hmm. where uh, there's a, a, you know, it's up, estimated to be upward to 90% of men who have low testosterone don't know it. Mm-hmm. So they'll end up in that sample of quote unquote normal. So, you know, then you, then you have the problem of people that are absolutely symptomatic Mm-hmm. Going to their doctor, they do the lab work and said, well, your number's 350. That's normal. It's low normal, but it's considered normal, but it's not normal. Right. If you talk to any men's health or urologists that know anything about it, they say, you know, your number should be 500 to 800. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Well, and I've got a question about To be about not the, symptomatic, and it's the same thing with thyroid. Yeah, yeah and I've got a question about because, you know, we see that so much with, with testosterone and certainly thyroids. But there's there are there tests run in, in adolescence, let's say, or even young adulthood just to get baselines? As a general rule, there's there are not. Are they typically? Well, like if you went in for just a normal physical as a 21-year-old, they're not necessarily going to check your thyroid or your testosterone right. if you're feeling normal. And I think not usually, you know yeah, you, you know what I mean, but but I just right. wonder if you should yeah at an earlier age just well, sure just just, just so you get a baseline so that when you're 45 mm-hmm. and you're feeling like shit and they go well your testosterone's 350 you're normal you're like wait a minute oh I see what you're saying when, you when do I was your own control correct mm-hmm. yeah so when when you're 21 years old you can say mm-hmm. look dude when I was 21 my testosterone Give was 600. A bell. Oh, for fuck's sake. I like that idea. No, it's a good idea. It is a good idea, but... To do a baseline. It'd be simple. It's a really simple, inexpensive test. It is. It isn't until patients go to the doctor and they start complaining about fatigue and unexplained depression. Right. And then um, they say, weight well, gain but and your thyroid, hair loss your thyroid and things like numb. that. It's normal. You yeah. know, we can't treat it. We're not going to mm-hmm. treat it. It's got to be something else. How many people, mm-hmm. men, do we have that tell us that they have fatigue, physical weakness, muscle weakness, and loss of libido, <laughs> loss of libido. Well, libido. What did I say? Libido. Loss of libido. 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 Living libido. Living libido loca. So, um, and, and erectile dysfunction. And then they go to their doctor and the testosterone is 350 and they just say, now you're normal. Mm-hmm. And it's asinine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this is incorrect. That's bad medicine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Listen to your patients. And they, if you are listening to me and you have this, right, thank you. You <laughs> have to listen to your patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, give give thyself a oh, oh, for fuck's sake. My Tacey's first meal. Oh, oh, she shut out so far. Oh. No, no. Well, you'll get yours when you do Tacey's Time of Topics. <laughs> oh, will I, though? Oh, that's but interesting. Since someone threw mine away. Since somebody threw yours away from <laughs> two weeks ago? Away. Yes. When they cleaned the studio? Yes, they were laying right here where I sit. I do not trash your stuff. Mm. <laughs> That'd be okay. a terrible. That'd be a terrible idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had mm-hmm. topics that had already been done on there, right? No. That we... you had done some of them? Because um, I saw that and I purposely threw it away. It's like, well, we don't need this. And that was two weeks ago. There you go. So no bills, no bills for you. Oh, I see how this is getting turned around. You throw it away, but it's my fault. There you go. Yeah, that's the way you this left works. it there. <laughs> anyway, so I could use it next time. Well, you're just so used to me never cleaning the studio. That was the that was, also that was the, the aberration as I cleaned the studio, and I've got uh, we have our new sign up here and which stuff, which is beautiful. Which no one can see, but um, let me see. I think they can see. I it. can you see, see it. a little bit. Oh, on, yeah, can. over my head, you mm-hmm. can a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it is very clean very in nice. here since well, the last time I was here. I still have a ways to go, still. and I'm just these can't. I mean, it doesn't matter. Nobody who's listening on the radio cares, but I'm moving the cameras around. That thing is going over here, and um, so that we can um, actually see it because over Scott's head, it's not. It's a little bit visible, but mm. I want to have uh, one camera that just zooms in on that so that that's what we're showing at the beginning. But anyway, it, it, like I said, it, that's just for... We don't even do a visual aspect of the show, really. 
but well, now I'm kind of getting obsessed with doing it <laughs> properly, you know. But anyway, all right. So I'm not on TV right now. No, I'm not on. No camera? one can see you. I did my makeup and hair and everything. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you can stand up and wave at the camera. No, I'm really. The cameras are all behind you. A lot of our guests don't want to be on camera, so I kind of did that on purpose. Mm. But, I actually um, put makeup on today too. Well, and you, you, look you, we can Why, see. Thank you. All Gorgeous. Right. Yeah, you we can see. Just okay, fine. now I'll suck my gut in. <laughs> okay, yeah, boobies out, gut sucked there in. Chest up. I'll, I'll let you know when your camera's on. Taste. <laughs> right. that's okay, hard. Camera's off. Taste. You so can it's relax. Really, but a lot of work to sit like that. For talking a about no one cares about any of this. All right, thyroid yes. and all that other stuff. Yep. I mean, how many years did you feel like complete and utter shit before you were diagnosed? So the well, before the anybody nodule paid we've to known you. has been there for at least. Six, seven years, and it was tiny, just like a few centimeters, like tiny, tiny, like I think two centimeters. And then over about a year, it more than doubled in size. But before you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's or whatever, Mm -hmm. how long did you think I know something was wrong? My TSH has always been quote unquote normal, so Mm -hmm. normal being like 0.5 ish to about four ish. Um, It's always been in the normal range. Um, but I felt bad for years. Yes, I had a lot of too. joint pain, a lot of aches and pains, just mm-hmm. feeling tired, really fatigued all the time. My hair's been falling out for like ever. I just figured it's because I was getting old. Um, but just little symptoms like that. Um, so they, I've got some other autoimmune issues, definitely. Yeah. Um, so they've just been treating that, but never with thyroid replacement, never with levothyroxine or Synthroid. Hmm. And then February of last year... They checked the nodule. It had more than doubled in size. It was about four centimeters at that point. They felt it or they did an ultrasound? They did an ultrasound as part of because they monitor it for every year for several years now. Um, So it was about four centimeters. They finally decided because the hoarseness, Mm -hmm. the increase in symptoms I was having, and just really completely felt like shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Been gaining weight. Um, probably about 30 pounds in the last couple of years. Um, just not feeling like exercising or anything. <laughs> so, uh, referred me to a surgeon. Um, finally had the, the, the mass taken out. Yeah. Um, and the thyroidectomy in the end of June. Wow. So, um, and it got postponed because of some other health issues with my family. Um, so I got that done in June. And since then, I feel... Fantastic. Yeah, you look good. This is you the look best. Like a million bucks. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is the best I've felt in probably close to 10 years. Yeah. I want mine out. Um, I've lost uh, 27 pounds. Yay. I uh, mm. have energy. Mm. Um, the minor, just kind of, I guess, depression I felt, just feeling blah, not wanting to get up, didn't yeah. want to get out of bed, didn't want to exercise. Yeah. Wasn't in the mood, just tired all the time. I feel so much better. Oh, I God. exercise yeah. most every day. I walk two to three, sometimes four miles a day. But you had to advocate for yourself. I for did. Years. I, and and when they when the, and the you, ultrasound you came back at four just centimeters, go, they, well, they said I'm normal. I guess this is just my life. Yeah. So when it was four centimeters, um, my physician initially said, "Well, let's get another biopsy." I've already had it biopsied twice, which was now, no fun. What did fun. your biopsy no. say? Um, one indicated You're normal. But the rest of them just said non-cancerous. See, mine said actually lymphoma. <laughs> what? Yes, and so then, but but um, 
And and so that doctor said they mm-hmm. wanted it out, but then two other doctors were like, no, thyroid cancer won't kill you. So I don't know where I am in this whole spot. That is like, exactly what happened, Steve. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, we believe you. It's I just, saw you talk- shake your head. No, no he, he was, was, he was no, looking no, at no, me. No, I was looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's a crazy thing to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. when 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 my doctor suggested another biopsy, I said to you, no. I was, was reacting me, to him. It was yeah. me, I swear. But I said no, and I said, I, uh, let's maybe go talk to a surgeon. Yeah. And because of the symptoms, I was having a lot of hoarseness. If I turned my head to the left, my voice would totally go away. Well, my God, it was um, huge. And I was starting to have a lot of trouble swallowing food. And oh, I bet. Things. So the surgeon was immediately like, yeah, let's take it out. Gave me an option of a partial thyroidectomy and just take the tumor. It was on the left side. So they were going to take the mass and the left side of my thyroid. Um, if it came back cancerous, they would likely have to go in and do the other side. Mm. So that was some conversation that you and I had. Yes. And we talked about whether or not to do a complete thyroidectomy. Yeah. And we talked about it was like a scale that you had me do. And I can't remember what it was called. I don't even remember. And, but we, we talked about the, <laughs> the the pros and cons of both. Yeah. And I decided the deciding factor for me is I did not want to have the surgery done more than once in right. my life. Because exactly. it is not pleasant. Because you know it, it was, was not happen again. pleasant. Yeah. And um, um, just with family history and things, I decided to go ahead and have the whole thing done. I'm yeah. glad I did. Because yeah. I Yay. feel like a million bucks. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So, still don't exactly have my levels where it needs to be so um, most women usually feel better when their thyroid is somewhere between about 0.2 to 0.4 um, and less than about two and a half and so that's my goal is to get my thyroid levels when you say your thyroid there. you mean the tsh, the TSH the, levels yeah, yes okay, the thyroid stimulating so, so that'll be high when your thyroid is low and low when your thyroid is high and then yes yeah. so when i first had the surgery um, they put me on levothyroxine, which is the thyroid replacement. And about six weeks later, uh, they checked my blood work and my TSH was extremely low. It was like 0.2. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, no, no, that's too much medicine. And they lowered my medication. Well, at the time I felt great. Right. And wonderful. I had energy. It was like the good, Energizer like, Bunny. Now we got to change everything. Yes. So they lowered my medication and I went back down and into a little bit of a slump still feeling better than i did before the surgery um than i did this time last year yeah um after another six weeks my tsh levels went up to eight point something um so it was like the other extreme and they put me back on the previous dose (laughs) so uh just had my thyroid checked last week Uh, my tsh is down to 3.8 i believe Mm. Um, which is not where I want it. Um, I do feel better. If but you were feeling good, let me, for the medical students and people out there, and the reason we're going on and on and on about this is because there are a lot of people out there that have this yeah. sort, same sort of thing. It's important. And you need to advocate for yourself. But um, <clears throat> what they should have done when you get an abnormal lab test is you repeat the fucking thing. You don't just react to it. Mm-hmm. So when you had a low TSH, because you've already seen, they went down and then they overshot. And now they went back to the dose they were on and it's three. It's not point mm-hmm. two now. Right. So what's different? 
the difference is all they needed to do was give you two weeks and just recheck, and just recheck it. Mm-hmm. So always, if you get an unexpected abnormal result, just recheck it before you just go knee-jerking and mm-hmm. doing things. Because yeah. really the, what they did was they allowed you to be miserable again for a little while. Right. So we're researching as to whether or not – because. Uh, levothyroxine, levothyroxine, sorry, is a T4 replacement, Correct. which is long acting. And then there's liothyronine, mm-hmm. which is the which T3. is the T3. So there's lots of studies that say there's no benefit Correct. to doing T3 replacement. Um, but what the hell? Yeah, so you're on liothyronine, mm-hmm. aren't you? And synthroid, yes. yes. So we are looking. I talked with my doctor about the adjusting my dose a little bit to increase my met, my levothyroxine. Um, just a little bit, by about 100 micrograms a week, divided into small doses. <laughs> See, now you have the knowledge to, to do to, this. Can yeah, you? what I've got, and then versus trying the, what's the medicine? The, 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 T3, the T3 replacement and starting with just a low dose of that to see if it makes me feel any better. So you can go in there and negotiate this. Can you imagine if oh, you're yeah. like a musician or an artist or just yeah. somebody that has no medical knowledge? Right. What are they supposed to do? I told my doctor yes when I saw him this week, I said, you know, I'm not leaving here unless we are doing something. I know the blood work says I'm yep. good where I'm at, but I don't feel but I'm as good as I could. shenanigans. Tacey, yeah, tell yeah. them about your experience. You left an endocrinologist and never went back. In the middle of the consult, I got up and just walked out. Oh, wow. Wow. I, he, because? He, he said, don't let the depression get you down. Mm. And and I knew it was my thyroid. I just yeah. knew it. Man, I just felt, you know, you know. And, and I just got up. When he said that and got my bag and just walked out. Mm. Yeah. Well, d- depression is a thing. It can be situational. Mm-hmm. You know, things can happen in our life that oh, will yeah. make us feel depressed. Um, it can be chemical, chemical and things going yes. on in our body that can make us depressed. And mm-hmm. we kind of know the difference. I was not depressed. I was psycho. Psycho <laughs> with a, a slash of depression. I mean, I was... Fucking crazy. I call that knocking futz. Yes. That's how I was. Mm. And and it wasn't um I mean and it wasn't just your typical old depression because I've had that before. I knew what that was. Mm-hmm. This was different. No. And he was not listening to me and all you medical students out there, listen to your patients. Yes. So yep. luckily I have a great doctor who listens to me and he Gave me some options and. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Darth Nuggs earlier was saying, when you guys were talking about tennis shoes, he's like uh, two hillbilly yentas talking about tennis shoes. Now we're hillbilly yentas talking about our thyroid. (laughs) Hey, I make make the residents that I train come through take a, a listing skills test. Oh, very and it's important. a twenty. It's a twenty-five question test. I got it from a book. really. Yeah. How do you test listening skills? It's well. I found. I was. I was accused by my special lady friend of not being a good listener. Okay, so <laughs> let's hear it. And I said that's categorically. I false. want this. That's Send categorically this to me. False. I want to share it with my students. And I said, and, then I, and I said, and I'm going to prove <laughs> it because if I'm a bad listener, I want to. No, yeah, want to be better. Right. I want to be better because I'm all about. If I'm bad at something, I want to be better. I said, I'm going to find me a book. So I found this book called The Zen of Listing, and it's a, it's a psycho- psychologist in California, and she does research on listing skills. So I'm, I'm reading the first half of this book, 
and I and in the middle of the book is a quiz, and it says take this quiz honestly, and I did. And the whole time I'm taking, it, I'm like, oh my god, she's right, she's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm the worst listener ever. <laughs> and Max scores 25, and I had 21. And to this to this day, meaning higher. Wait, 25 is bad. Yeah, no, no, no. 25 is, is perfect. Perfect. Yeah, 21. And you were only a 21. Right. As a man, that's impressive. It's insane, and I've not had a single resident even over 15 and I made everybody my, and you know, my staff, I made all my staff take it. Mm-hmm. One of them made it to double digits. Yeah. And I said, Ooh. that's why I, and not your girlfriend, or, yeah, not my special lady friend. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, 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 I think she pulled in a solid nine. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. Well, let's, now. let's hear this test. Here's the test. But this is true. Yeah. I want, I want it. Yes. It's an excellent. I perform another task while listening to someone talk about something upsetting to them. So that would be like folding laundry, skimming an article, cooking, watching TV, etc. Always, often, sometimes, rarely, or never. Now, if it's something that's upsetting to somebody, I'm not doing anything. Hmm. Yeah, if it's upsetting but if to them. But Tacey's just talking about her day, I'm cooking because that's when we call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'll put sometimes on that. Yeah, flat if tire. we can exclude, I had a flat tire today, Steve. Oh, that's great, honey. Would you like some ketchup with your French fries? I daydream <laughs> while listening to someone express his or her thoughts or ideas. No. Always. Uh, you're in always on that. Nope. My mind never stops. Yeah, I'm always me, thinking me, about something. More zen. This I, is I will stop a speaker in mid sentence to interject my opinion. If I disagree with a statement he has made, I'll say yes on that one. Yeah, well, I just don't have time. Sometimes. I don't have time to listen to bullshit. Yep. So then I that, and that I need to work on that. Well, there's a difference between bullshit and somebody that you just disagree with. Well, and it's yeah. Some, yeah, and to them it's not bullshit though. That's, no. that's that's the thing. When I listen to a speaker, I make eye contact. Yes, I nod my head in agreement with what the speaker is saying. Yes, I'm not sure whether I've grasped. To speak this point correctly, I summarize my understanding of what he or she has said to confirm that I've got it right. Hmm. Yes. Well, somebody. What do you think about that one, Taste? Do I do that? I wasn't listening. Uh, Yeah, okay. She's a a zero. (laughs) The speaker doesn't engage my interest, my mind wanders. I will. I'll text you. Thank you. What's that? Yeah, I got it. I'll send it to you. I shift in my chair or tap my feet when I listen to other people speaking. I do that all the time. I do, do that. Okay. I'm bad about that. Well, that's just my body wants to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's anxiety now. Yeah. I can't sit still. I make disapproving faces when I don't approve of what others are telling me. <laughs> yes. well, that's, just a, that's a sign of good listening. Only when Robin's talking to me do it. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. You're in trouble. Oh, no, Alexa, I don't think she's listening today. <laughs> if a speaker mispronounces a word, I immediately correct him or her. Now, come on, that's my job. When Scott says, when Scott says islet cells, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> do you enjoy when you Damn correct it. your I friends? I only do that to my kids. They always come up with the best words. <clears throat> Go to next questions, okay? Oh, God, there are a lot of them, aren't there? Yeah, it was 25. Same. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I wait for a speaker to finish his or her point before I make a mental judgment call on what was said. I'm going to say sometimes on that one. If a person feels the need to vent his or her emotions to me, I wait till they let it all out before I comment. I audibly groan or make another kind of disapproving sound when someone <laughs> states something I agree with. You that better be... say always. Me? Yeah. yeah. I do? Yeah. yeah. Fuck oh, off. Oh, God, he does. He's the worst. <laughs> Fuck off. I hate he always. Is. You make all kinds of noise. <laughs> do I? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Hey, listen, okay, we'll, be play, we'll be playing music, and I'll hit like a raw note, and I can hear him go, <clears throat> I'm like, 
I didn't do when it we're on the phone and I'm presenting a problem and I need advice and opinion and talk through something, I always know when I need to speed it up. Yep. Because uh, you start making noise. <laughs> like, yeah, mm, mm, mm. Well, usually what it is is I'm I'm fussing at the person that you're talking about. And, I, you know. <laughs> and I, that is something i got to work on. because I mean, I've, I've always had to work on it. You know, I'll someone will tell me something, well, that person is like, and I'm like, and they think I'm mad at them. But I'm, I'm my, my ire is at the person that they're talking about. But, I, okay, I interrupt when I have something to add. Yeah, I do that. When listening, I make sure I'm facing the speaker. I do do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll interrupt a serious discussion to take a personal call. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, I, if you're on call, you have to. <laughs> That's only That's happened a, yeah. once. I finish other people's <laughs> yes, sentences exactly. before they have a chance uh, to. Uh, uh, okay, uh, let's see. <laughs> Yeah, you have an I'm not sure. Job. You I'm have not, to be available. I'm not sure good listening is a, a skill we need to be about. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be talking no, about that. No, I was going to say, he's going to take my bell away. <laughs> he's going to debell me. Yeah, I don't like the song and dance. It says, I act impatient when someone beats around the bush. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't need the song and dance. Yep. He actually said that to me. Um was it yesterday or the day before when we were furniture shopping? I was explaining why we needed. Oh no no no! Furniture. I said they don't. They need don't the song need the song and well, dance. We were going to buy. We were going to buy furniture. Well, they, there's people she works with, so it was a <laughs> it was a joke. And she was like, "Well, and we had the lizard in that room, and now we're going to clean the walls, and we're going to oh do this and God. that." And say, like, "Okay, they don't need the song and dance. Just <laughs> let's just buy it." It was. I was trying to be funny, but of course I failed. <laughs> Well, that's because you're an idiot. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. No. So, what do you score? Uh, I, I'm still. This one's. Got, Are you still taking? It? Yes. There's more. When listening to a speaker, I pay close attention to his or her body language. That I do do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, good God! This is thirty questions. Uh, when a conversation turns to a subject I find harder to understand, I do pay close attention to see if I can learn something. For me, listening is. An active process. I do think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for what? Oh, okay, there's more. Um, let me see. Uh, ha, ta, ta. Well, nobody else is listening. I know. Okay. <laughs> Everyone else and has quit They're listening tapping to their feet and rolling their eyes and, and grunting. Okay, I'm just going to just do the next ones. Okay. So, uh, okay, I've scored a 43, so it's a completely different scale. <laughs> what a waste of time. Well, a 43 is probably good. You're a good listener. It says, uh, when you're actor- interacting with others, want to add a word in edgeways or simply want to move the conversation along, it can be a challenge for you to sit quietly and wait. You have some degree of patience, but it's limited. I'd say this is probably true. This is simply a trait that needs to be developed further. Mm-hmm. When you're not feeling particularly patient, it could potentially result in interrupting or difficulty being fully attentive, which can disrupt the flow of a conversation. In order to keep the interactions with others harmonious, it's important that you strive to improve in this area. Okay. There you go. Yeah, not so great for a radio host, but in my <laughs> real life, yeah. I'll put this um, this link in the um, in the chat and in uh, uh, in our um, what do you what do you call it in in our um, fluid family, fluid family, but also on the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Fluid. yeah, but you know, the, I think the most important thing is if people take the test and read the next part of the book, which tells you how to improve on where your 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 
skills are lacking, mm-hmm. yeah. which is what I did. And I think Steve and I have a couple of the similar lacking skills, which is, you know, I'm notorious for saying, listen, I don't want the whole story. Get to the end of the story. Yeah, you know, just, I, I don't you mean need, the highlights. Yeah, I don't need. Well, uh, yeah, and you thing. know, just if you're on there. call and you have somebody calling you and saying, well, I, they have the nicest little dog and he's always licking my, my hand. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's two in the morning. Get to the point. Can you just, <laughs> and then it's always like, well, I need a refill on, you know, rocks and all. Or something. It's like, you could have just called me and said, I need a refill of rocks and all. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be a dick. Yep. I really don't like it because it bothers me afterward and I ruminate about it. And I'm always worried that I've offended somebody and, uh, and I, I, it keeps me up at night. But it's like, how can you at two o'clock in the morning call somebody? And then you don't know. Well, how much have they taken? Oh, I don't know. It's like, mm-hmm. how do you not know? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, so anyway. I know the bottle's empty. All right. <laughs> Didn't you win an award for, like, being the best doctor to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning? Yes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's I because he doesn't wake up at 2 a.m. He's not going <laughs> to sleep me. He's not going to sleep Oh, well, that may be it. Uh, yeah, that uh, is. You're still awake. That's no, still probably awake. true. No. Uh, okay. Um, let's move on to something that's sad to me. Which is, well, oh, it's no. sad. It's sad. It's uh, Matthew Perry. Um, So we are recording this on December 16th. And uh, some of uh, some people be listening to it much later. But Matthew Perry died of acute effects of ketamine. The autopsy says. Mm. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I've been extolling the virtues of ketamine on this show. And a bunch of people have been tweeting this at me. Well, Steve, be careful. Be careful. Well, okay, so you got to hear the whole story, though. So he he drowned, and he had a high dose of ketamine in his in his body, and he was found unresponsive in the hot tub in his home in Los Angeles, and the drowning coronary artery disease and the effect of uh, buprenorphine had contributed to his death. But then the autopsy ascribed his death primarily to acute effects of ketamine. Now ketamine is a powerful anesthetic. And it has become increasingly um, popular as an alternative therapy for depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and other hard-to-treat mental health problems. But it's also used recreationally. Now, he had gotten a ketamine infusion, but it was 10 days before. Mm. Now, the half-life is like four hours, so it was out of his system. This had nothing to do with the therapeutic ketamine infusion that he had. Um, he had high levels of ketamine in his postmortem blood specimens. And uh, so what they think happened was that he ingested ketamine on his own, whether it was prescribed or not, we do not know. Mm-hmm. But he had high levels of ketamine in his system. Mm-hmm. And then he was in a hot tub. And he dozed off and uh, didn't wake up when he started drowning. Yeah, And did it say how much Suboxone he was on? No. Well, it doesn't say anything about that. It's just talking about that. It says uh, he played pickleball at 11 a.m. His assistant left the home to run errands at 1.37 p.m. And at 4 p.m., they found him floating face down. Mm. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's sad because I – 
really, I always really liked him. I never watched Friends, but I liked him in other stuff. I saw him in that Studio 66. Mm -hmm. He was amazing in that. Right. And he was just so personable. And the fact that he had these demons you just didn't know, mm -hmm. you couldn't tell from the art. At least I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was, um, yeah, it's just terrible. And But two things. Um, I have people that come to me that don't want to take fentanyl for their cancer pain because they've seen stories about fentanyl deaths in right. the news. Well, there's one thing about taking something under the supervision of a or you know of a provider, sure. licensed provider, and another thing of you know taking something that's off the street and you don't know what's in it and you know et cetera et cetera. So I have to have that explanation. Same thing here. I don't know what he did, but it wasn't the ketamine infusion that was done under the supervision of a healthcare provider yeah. uh, that uh, caused his demise. It was taking it outside of that therapeutic environment. And if you're going to take and, and even if he was taking a prescribed amount of ketamine. Um, he had to know the effects that it has on you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't get in water that can cover your mouth and nose. Yeah. That's six inches. Don't get in six inches of water yeah. if you're taking any drug like that can sedate you. Benzodiazepines, yeah, you know, Xanax, yeah. lorazepam, alcohol, uh, Ambien, alcohol. any of those things. Ambien, Ambien. Yeah. That's sleep, a good one. Sleep, sleep things. Don't take that and get in a hot tub. Right. Or a or any pool, kind of, any, or, swim pool or yeah. take a bath. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to Whitney Houston. She was taking a bath mm -hmm. and she dozed off or passed out, and I, I mean apparently, allegedly, that's what happened, and she drowned. Yep. So um, yeah, we do not have good defenses against drowning when we are unconscious. Well, we don't have good defenses mm -hmm. against anything. No. But um, that urge to breathe. Um, is great until your body can't, you know, make you conscious again. You know, yeah. very hard to drown yourself. But if you're taking a drug that causes you to be completely sedated, it can happen. So please don't do that. We don't need to lose any more people of, you know, famous or not no. through drowning because they were taking a sedating drug and they got in the, got in water. Okay, please. I know it feels good. Yeah. And it feels like it's going to feel good, but you've got to set that boundary up front. Yep. All right? And never allow yourself to do that. Okie doke. Um, anybody have any stories? Did you bring one, Mel B? Well, you brought your thyroid. I so brought my thyroid enough. with me. Okay, and Tacey's uh, stuff got thrown away. <laughs> so let's uh, do some questions then. Do you got any questions from the Fluid family before I do Not this? Not yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay. Number one thing. 
don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. Let's try this one here. What sayest thou? Oh, boy. Here we go. Hi, Dr. Steve. Hey. Calling about kidney stones. Okay. I don't have them, thank goodness, but I was just wondering. Yeah. So kidney stones are made up mostly of calcium. Well. Is there anything we can do? It depends. Mm -hmm. You know, kidney stones can be calcium stones. They can be uric acid stones. Mm -hmm. They can be oxalate stones. There's all kinds of things that can be... uh, uh, you know, in a kidney stone. So due to just the thought of it makes me hurt and cross my legs. So is there anything that we can do to prevent them from ever coming? I understand that drinking somebody, I think it was my neighbor who said drinking tons of iced tea made from like a, a powdered mix caused him to have kidney stones. Um, but if it's calcium, it seems like milk would be a big, you know, reason why you get kidney stones. Um, I don't drink milk, thankfully. Um, but is there anything that I can do that will uh, prevent, or that, not me, but that we can do that will uh, prevent um, maybe well, sure. from having kidney stones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like he's never had one. He's mm-hmm. just worried about getting one. Mm-hmm. If you've never had one, it is kind of unlikely that, you know, every day that you go where you haven't formed a kidney stone, it's less likely that you're going to. Right. Um, but there's always a first time. So staying well hydrated. What do you think, Melby? It looks like you want to say something. No, I'm just laughing. Oh, you're just laughing. Okay. <laughs> so I was uh, going to suggest sitting cross-legged. Yes. Okay. Five times a day for three minutes. Really? To prevent kidney stones? I just might give this guy something to do. Oh, okay. Mm. Give him something to do to think about <laughs> something else. Yeah. 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 I remember. Um, Drink uh, lots and lots of water. Yes. Cranberry juice is good. Just kind of flush things out a little, little bit. Well, what causes kidney stones? Though? Well, it well, depends, depends, doesn't it? Yeah. So if you have high uric acid and you've got the wrong pH in your urine, you'll form kidney stones. Mm. And as a matter of fact, there's a drug that we use to help people excrete more uric acid called probenicid. And when if you just give that to people, they're going to start peeing out massive amounts of uric acid and they'll make kidney stones almost every time. But if you give them potassium citrate to change the pH of their urine, they will not. So if you have uric acid stones, if you have gout and you're making stones, you can put people on potassium citrate to prevent them. Mm. Uh, You can, uh, you know, tea can cause kidney stones if you are prone to make kidney stones. And But green tea uh, looks like it won't. It actually prevents kidney stones from being formed. So, uh, but it it just really depends. Uh, Some kidney stones will form in an acidic environment, some in a basic environment. So you have to know what kind of stones you have. Um, and, uh, so if you, uh, have a kidney stone, make sure that they take it and analyze it, then they can put you on a diet or give you a medication to help prevent the stones. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just want to generally prevent kidney stones, do what, uh, NP Mel B said, drink lots of water, stay, lots and lots of water. stay well hydrated. And it looks like maybe green tea might be beneficial mm-hmm. in preventing, uh, kidney stones in general, you know, all cause kidney stones. So you could try that and then just go from there. Yeah. And lay, then, lay off the sodas. And 
Right. Well, right. And, you know, there are other things to worry about, but you get these things in your head. Mm. We, our kid, when he was, I don't know, 10 or eight, he, he thought he had, he was going to get rabies. I don't know where he heard about it, yeah. but every night he would call me in there and say, can you get rabies from petting a cat? And it's like, nope, you can't get rabies. You do not have rabies. Mm. And, um, and then he would, uh, what were some of the other things? It was always about rabies, yeah, though. He was, was worried about getting much, rabies. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where it came from. He learned about it in mm. school or something. I remember when I was a kid, rabies was, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. They used to have commercials about not petting wild dogs and stuff before they had rabies vaccine. Mm. And I remember this horrible, I was four years old. I remember this like it was yesterday. I'm watching the TV and they're doing an anti-rabies commercial and this guy's walking down the stairs and all of a sudden he starts having seizures and foaming at the mouth and the screen is flashing. I remember the sound of it. It scared the ever-living shit out of me. And we have a friend that's from India and they didn't have, in her area, didn't have rabies vaccine. Dogs that you didn't know were monsters monsters to them and when she would see our dog she would freak out she won't come into the house so we had to put them in a thing so we go to their house now when i worked at the health department we always got calls about rabies yeah people i had a bat in my house what do i do yeah yeah yeah. go to the emergency room tell them you know and they'll give you the rabies vaccine this woman did not want to go did not want to go so we just told her well if you get rabies you will surely die yep that's true. Rabies, it's about shots. 100%. Is it, is, is it a, like a bunch of shots in the stomach? It or? used to be you had to get an intraperitoneal shot, but now mm-hmm. I don't think I'm that's the sure case. I'm not sure how to do it now. See, rabies vaccine. It's not a pleasant treatment, but rabies yeah. is not pleasant. pleasant either. And again, you will surely die. Yeah. Two IM doses now. It says, okay, so a regimen of four. Oh, well, now wait a minute. Regimen of four 1 ml doses of vaccine should be administered intramuscularly to previously unvaccinated person. The first dose of the four-dose course should be administered as soon as possible after exposure. Additional doses should be administered at days 3, 7, and 14 after the first vaccination. Uh, For adults, the vaccine should always be administered into the muscle in the deltoid area of the arm. For children, they do it in the thigh is acceptable. The gluteal area, area, the in other words, ass cheek, should never be used because observations suggest administration in this area results in lower neutralizing antibody tires. It's because Americans have fat asses, and it doesn't end up in the muscle. It ends up in the fat. Yep. So, uh, yeah, post-exposure prophylaxis, wound cleansing. All post-exposure prophylaxis should begin with immediate thorough cleansing. And then a full dose uh, should be infiltrated around any wounds. Uh, This is rabies immunoglobulin. So these are antibodies against rabies. And they're saying you give a full dose around any wounds, and any remaining volume should be administered IM at the anatomic site distant from the vaccine administration. So what they're doing is they're injecting you with with, uh, antibodies that that were generated, you know, in a vat or whatever. By monoclonal, uh, you know, cells, okay. and uh, uh, to mop up any va- you know, viruses that are laying around because you don't have any antibodies, right. and then the vaccine, and it says, yeah, one one ml 
one each on days 0, 3, 7, and 14. Now, I remember when I was a kid, when they finally came out with the rabies vaccine, it was intraperitoneal. You had to actually give it into the shots into the abdomen. I think that's what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like 20-something or some crazy it amount. Was it was, now, it was very yeah. scary. If you get bit again after you've been vaccinated, you don't have to do the rabies immunoglobulin. You do all the other stuff. Uh, but, and then the vaccine is just two days. That's just bad luck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, you know, again. sure. Yeah, but uh, like, um, you know, wildlife yeah. officers and stuff, oh, they yeah. get called to deal with rabbit animals. We had a rabbit skunk in my in my um, parking lot when I was in rural Tennessee practicing. We had to get them out there to get it. Hmm. So, you know, those people get bit. Hmm. Anyway. How did you tell it was, was rabid? Well, was it foaming at the mouth? It was stumbling around during the day in our parking lot. <laughs> oh. I'm know. surprised one of your nurses just didn't go get a gun and Those shoot it. I, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> they would have. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, yeah, very interesting. It's wild. Old rabies. Well, we don't have to worry about that so much, uh, well, although it still happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. And hopefully this guy won't get kidney stones. Right. Yes. Good luck, buddy. Good yeah. luck, buddy. Yep. You, you just worry about stuff. I understand Sometimes you get it in your head and I you start worrying about start it. Well, if you, raining, if I you freak see out. some, yeah, and you see somebody go through a kidney stone, that is not. No, pleasant. you don't want it. I passed one on an airplane once. Oh, you oh, have nice. a history of kidney stones? I've had two. What the hell isn't wrong with you? Oh my gosh. I'm not pregnant. Okay, there you oh, go. That's good. Yay. So, what kind of kidney stone was it? Did you save it? Calcium. And it's calcium. That was o- the first one. Calcium phosphate, calcium oxalate. Do you I know? don't even remember. Okay. Hmm. And never again. Um, I had one more. <clears throat> I didn't save it. I didn't try to go after it on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was small. I mean, it hurt. But oh yeah, I guarantee it. I think it was the beer I drank before getting on the airplane that Little probably bitters. helped that little. Did you? Out. We were talking last time you two weren't here about the time when I was on an airplane and they said, is there a doctor on the airplane? <laughs> and I got up and this guy was having chest pain. And it's like, well, do you have nitroglycerin? Do you guys have this? Do you have oxygen? All this stuff. And uh, after we got him sort of settled down and laid him down and got his feet up because his blood pressure was low, they said, what kind of doctor are you? I said, I'm a hospice doctor. That <laughs> <laughs> he felt great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Stupid. All right. <laughs> hey, Dr. Steve. It's uh, Sam from Australia. Um, oh, wow. A call from Australia. By the way, my friend. I saw that this guy actually spent money because the the area code was you know, started with six one. You can just um, record it on your phone and email it to me, mm-hmm. drsteve202 at gmail dot com. I'll take it that way. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I don't want you spending your your hard earned money on calling this dumb show. To show advice. I'm considering going to Costa Rica to get some mesenchymal. Uh, stem cell treatment. Um, I've got some old MMA injuries, and I've also got a, a injury from a burst appendix. So I was just wondering if uh, you think that is a sort of good way about going with things. Anyway, thanks, Steve. Have a great day. Right. <clears throat> you got anything on this? Stem cells? No, mesenchymal stem cells. Oh, no, but I can look them up. Well, no, I mean, okay. Not it's okay, but no, mesenchymal stem cells yeah. are known as mesenchymal stromal cells. Mm-hmm. 
and they are multipotent cells that can they differentiate into a bunch of different cell types and they can turn themselves into bone cartilage muscle cells uh, fat cells all kinds of stuff so the question is do they seriously not have this anywhere closer to you than Costa Rica? That's a long way to go. One and and what's he trying to fix with them? You know, he said something about what did he say? A ruptured appendix injury mm-hmm. and some MMA injuries or something like that, maybe. Yeah, um, you know, there is some research that's being done on these for uh, uh, making you know um, repairing cell damage. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I am not up to date on the research, but I'm looking at this and, uh, you know, uh, the term has been debated for years. The use of them has been debated for years. Um, Whose stem cells are they? Are they going to take your own Mm -hmm. and then treat them and inject them back in? You know, these uh, there's not good data on this. There's a lot of concern about marketing and application of this. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, do I think that it's going to do him any harm if they use his own stem cells? I think that the amount of harm is is minimized. No, but yeah. I just wonder how much good it's going to do. Well, you know, it, it, the, the the younger you are, like, the the healthier your stem cells. Typically, the older, like some of the people that we have. To yeah. get stem cells, the older you are, the less viable most of the stem cells are. And a lot of times that's when you get donor stem cells. Right. And, um, and, but you know what, what we see is a general rule. Someone has to have some, something there to work with. So it does, doesn't magically reproduce something that's, that's gone. You yeah. know, so if you've got a, a knee that's completely, um, eroded or a hip that's got like an avascular necrosis or something like that, you can't put a stem cell in there and make it all of a sudden grow yeah. back. So I'm looking here, mesenchymal stem cell-based therapy for rheumatoid arthritis. This is from the uh, International Journal of Molecular Science. And they said, uh, you know, in the uh, recently investigated mesenchymal stem cell-based therapy is considered a promising approach in rheumatoid arthritis. So, I mean, there's, it's not complete horseshit. Um, Here's application of mesenchymal stem cell therapy for aging frailty. Um, so we'll look at that. I'll tell you what, we'll look into this further and then we'll try to come up with, uh, some concrete information about it. My question would be what's healthcare like in Costa Rica? Well, they can do stuff that they can't do other places. We'll talk about that. So anyway, this, um, mesenchymal stem cell therapy, uh, research, uh, this is from the, uh, journal, journal Theranostics. And it says transplantation of um, MSCs represents a promising therapeutic strategy to address pathophysiologic problems of frail syndrome. In other words, medical frailty. Mm. Uh, The therapy has undergone phase one and phase two trials in human subjects that have endorsed the safety and efficacy of mesenchymal stem cells for aging frailty. Uh, caution is still needed with regard to potential to form tumors, and further large-scale studies are warranted to conf- uh, confirm the therapy therapeutic efficacy of mesenchymal stem cell. Th- Jesus, mesenchymal stem cell therapy, and that was in 2021. 
let's see. Okay, here's one for knee osteoarthritis. Here we go. Injective mesenchymal stem cell-based treatments for knee osteoarthritis from mechanisms of action to current clinical evidence. It says, uh, despite the constant presence of positive and satisfactory results in the studies analyzed, the complexity of MSC metabolism-related therapeutic effects, as well as the weakness of most of the studies, do not allow withdrawing definitive conclusions about the superiority of one tissue source over another, as well as about the best cell dose and long-term durability. So there is some positive data, but they haven't nailed down how to do this the best or what the dose is yeah. or where to get the cells from, et cetera, et cetera. And that's um, from Knee Surgical Sports Traumatology and Arthroscopy Journal. So anyway, all right. Yeah. I've got something to add to that. You know what would be interesting to do to see yeah. if they did a study with, with the injection of those stem cells and a placebo injection of nothing? Because if y'all remember, it's, uh, roughly 20 years ago, they did a, 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 a study on knee arthroscopies, and they did this in Houston. They had they had um, it was like 20, 20 patients all had we're going to have a knee arthroscopy for like a minor minor meniscal tear. Okay, and they all knew they were going to be it. Ten of them were going to have the surgery. Ten of them were not, but they all had they all were all put to sleep. They all had a, the surgical incision made. Ten of them then were sent out. The other ten had the arthroscopy. And the ten that, that did not have the arthroscopy went straight to PT, and they okay. did, and they went better. They did better, huh. and they hypothesized huh. that it was because of the, the needle going in there and and stimulating the healing, and they didn't even really need to do this, which is what we see a lot, I like dry needling. Which is, yeah, which is what we we see a lot with um you know any kind of the stuff we do you know you know needling around around joints yeah some you know I you dry miss. needling was bullshit till yeah. it got done to me and yeah. it fixed me right up. Well, yeah, you don't have to. You don't always, and it's a lot of times they're doing that with with um, trigger points. Now they're not always having to use so much of, of the medicine. Right. A lot of times it's just the needle going to, into the muscle. That's crazy. Or the needle, and it's because the body now gets a, it's a red flag. It's like, oh wait, we're supposed yeah. to go help here. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what they think. Yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. interesting about those mesenchymal cells. Yeah, well, I, I I tore my calf muscle. Oh yeah, that's right. When you were in, in when you were in rehab. When I was in, yeah, <laughs> I was at Skyterra, jackass. <laughs> I was at, well, at least he was retreat. listening to me this time. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was at a wellness retreat, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I tore the first exercise. I tore my which soleus, the soleus muscle. Thank you, mm-hmm. and um, I. Uh, Got a massage, and then I got some physical therapy, and then he did dry needling, and it really fixed me right up. I was able to do everything mm. the the whole time. So wonderful, yeah. The last time that happened to me, I was non weight bearing for you know days and days and days. Yeah, so I was very impressed with that. Anyway, all right. You got anything from the fluid family? Stacy wanted to know about why is it that every new drug that comes out warns about not having not taking it if you have TB. Tuber- Say it again. Yeah, Stacy was wondering about why is it that every, what is it about tuberculosis that every new drug says don't take it if you have tuberculosis? I don't think it's every new drug. It's the, mono, it's the <laughs> monoclonal, anticlonal, you know, monoclonal <laughs> antibodies and immunotherapy yeah. and stuff. And, yeah, because uh, yeah, they don't want tuberculosis to kill you. Because right, tuberculosis, tuberculosis can. Yeah. will by sl- stopping, go crazy yeah, if by, your immune system right. is lowered. If you yep. suppress your immune system, it'll, it'll go drugs. Right, your yeah. body no longer can fight it off. Right, because right. the tubercles are caused by the immune system trying to wall it off. Yep. I mean, the, the immune system's reaction to the 
tubercula, you know, mycobacterium mm-hmm. tuberculi mm-hmm. or whatever the shit it is. Mm-hmm. It's been so long since mm-hmm. I've dealt with it. You can mm-hmm. have tuberculosis and not be symptomatic because Correct. it lies dormant in your body. That's right. You used to deal with that all the time. I did. I was the tuberculosis nurse. Was well, that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And well, tell all us all about county. it. Then. Did you work with uh, Dr. J.M.? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I trained under him. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I was, want to say his name, I but tu- I knew you'd know mm-hmm. who I was talking about. Uh, I, I was the tuberculosis nurse for a while, and so tuberculosis— It's still a real thing. Right, it is. Mm-hmm. It's still around. Um, you, they got the consumption, don't you know? I, I had lots of patients that I treated. So if you are exposed to tuberculosis, so if we're all sitting in this room here, right. one of us has tuberculosis and we're coughing and everything, all of a sudden the other three of us are exposed, right? and we can get tuberculosis— that doesn't mean we're going to get sick. It doesn't mean that we're going to die, nothing like that. It just means that it's now in your body and it lies dormant, kind of like uh, chickenpox mm. and shingles. Interesting, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, so it lies, too. Yes, lies dormant in your body. Um, and if your immune system becomes compromised, so if you get treatment for other things mm-hmm. that lower your immune system, then your body's no longer going to be able to keep that in a dormant state, and the infection then becomes active it in just your goes, body, Aha. and you, and <laughs> that's when you get sick. Yeah, and when you become sick and active, that is when you have to get treatment. So you take antibiotics, and there's like several different kinds and lots of treatment. You got to take uh, B uh, B12, I think B6, B6 I think B6 well, I um, because the treatmental the isoniazid. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't dra- dragged that out of my head for thirty years. That's a years. long time. And rifampin. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember all the treatment. I that's remember. okay. It's like that's five a, drugs, yeah. six drugs, something like that. The I gave mouth to mouth to um, someone with active tuberculosis okay. when I was a resident, and, um, and that was back when we still gave mouth to mouth. I remember what room it was in, mm. and uh, I can name it. If I do, I'll really be doxing myself because it's not too many rooms and the hospitals have this particular room nomenclature. But but I uh, remember it like it was yesterday and uh, they coded and I was doing mouth to mouth and I never got it. Mm-hmm. I never tested positive. Never tested positive. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Funny story. I'm allergic to tuberculin. The test. Oh, really? Yeah. So what do they have to do? Just chest x-ray mm-hmm. then? Yeah. So okay. every every so often I have a little chest X-ray. Wow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like they've made us do PPDs at work in a long time. Why no, is that? No, they just they do a screen for me now. Um, I don't know. We why. used to have to do that every year. We don't do it anymore. So when I was leaving the health department, one of the things that I'm trying to recall, um, I think the tuberculin, the TB test, if you do it every year. It becomes not accurate because mm. your body gets exposed to it so many times and then you just quit like, oh, I've had that before. And like your body won't react even if you're positive. I see. So even if you've you've got this in your body, all of a sudden your body doesn't recognize the tuberculin because you've had it every year for okay. 20 years. Interesting. Yeah. And it's just not as accurate. Oh. So they don't do them as often. They try to limit that test as often as possible um, and just... 
you know, screen you for symptoms. Hmm. So that was when we were still doing yearly TB tests. Right. I couldn't do the TB tests. So there was screening all these questions. Hmm. Have you had night sweats? Hmm. Do you have an unexplained cough for long Can you please weeks? stop bullshitting? Have you been exposed? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Hey, wrap it up. We can turn on an air conditioner. Okay. Right. That's all he's please. saying. See? I think it feels good. I was, act- I was actually listening, and Scott's just thinking, Scott's oh, it's thinking hot, it's in, hot here. in here. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, I, I really did. Sorry, I have one other question that I wanted to do okay. if I can, and it's it's from a friend. It says, "Hey, Doctor Steve, it's Sensei AJ. Hello, oh, yeah, AJ. AJ. What's up? I hope y'all are doing well. Miss everyone, and hope to be back in studio for an episode one day. Yeah, but dude, you're welcome anytime. A uh, couple of questions I have. Just never seem to remember to call in when you're doing a live show. It seems to me AJ's forgotten how we do the show. We haven't taken live questions in a long time. Um, first is, what's the difference between a pick line and an IV? NP, Mel B, you want to take that one? Because I know you've done both. Mm-hmm. A pick line goes in peripherally into your body. And once it gets into your body, then it goes into a central line, into a central um Vein in your body. So what does PIC stand for? You had to ask me that. It's okay. Peripherally inserted central Central catheter. catheter. Yes. So, So um, yeah, it's like having a central line, but they could do it in a peripheral Mm -hmm. vein. So they start it usually in the arm. And it usually goes in like the upper arm. And they go in that way. And then the catheter goes all the way through the veins into a central artery. Correct. So that's the because And those, they do that because the veins are very fragile, and a lot of medications will just burn them up and blow them yeah, up. Yeah, if you got to do six weeks antibiotics, you don't mm-hmm. want some little dinky butterfly needle in your hand. In your hand, no. You've got to have, but you don't want to always be putting a central line in mm-hmm. people either because there's... Con- so you can leave them in for a long time. First time I tried to put in a central line, I dropped the person's lung. Of course, that was an intern. Well, we're doing subclavian, which is okay. under the collarbone, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and you have to do it a certain way, and damn it, you know, I got it in there, but I did an x-ray afterward, and there, were, Oops. <laughs> and there was air between the, the lung and the, and the chest wall. So, All right. Okay. The, what's the second question? I've always been curious if you can explain in detail what an aortic dissection is. Yeah, his dad had that. It was rushed to emergency surgery. So, um, And he lived? Um. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if he did or not. To be honest with you, I know his dad died a few years ago, okay. a few years ago. It may have been from aortic dissection, but I thought I had an aortic dissection last night. Oh goodness! Well, I get this Holy esophageal. Shit. That's terrible. And this is the first you're hearing of it. No, <laughs> she heard about it. She's uh, talk about not listening. But anyway. Um, yeah, I'm having a lancinating chest pain radiating to my back. Well, can can you just be quiet? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> oh, no, well, I have if a, I'm asleep, then there's... Right, that's right. right. I have esophageal spasm, and yeah. it's, it causes a really sharp pain. The first time it happened, I'm like, okay, here See I come, us. Martha. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I'm having one. the big one. It's the big one. And uh, but I drink cold water and it goes away. So that's nice. not an MI. It's not a myocardial infarction. It's not an aortic dissection. But there are layers to the aorta, and the aorta can, those layers can split. Mm. And when they do, 
It's um, that's called an aortic dissection, and it can be chronic or it can be acute and kill you. They can get thrombus in there, and when the when it the clot between the layers of the aorta can then uh, occlude the the vessel itself, which are a problem, you know, because you can't pump blood, so all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, did you have something else to say about that? You're looking like you didn't like that ex- explanation. She's probably I hot. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, you're both hot. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, listen. Um, thank you, everyone. I guess we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks to every. Uh, thanks to Dr. Scott. Thank you, Tacy. Thank you, uh, NP Melby. We hope to see you back more often now. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm feeling better. Yeah. Feel like Yay. talking. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last time you were here, you did the Navage for uh, the inventor of the Navage. And we probably need to mark today's show as the first time I've been here sober. You get nothing. You lose. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's good. So, was that? Was there a reason for that? Or you just have to drive? I have a cat issue okay. going oh, on. Okay. I got to deal with the dead yeah, cat okay. in right. my car. Yeah, we'll, take care of that. <laughs> we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks to everyone at SiriusXM who steadfast supported the show, sustained us over the years. Thank you to the Fluid family, including, oh, Stacy Deloach, Darth Nuggs, um, Not Cupcakes, Amanda, um, uh, oh, Amanda Davidson. Oh, hello, Amanda. And uh, Mick Ribs and some others. I can't see on there. So Don't I know Stacy Deloach? You do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, checking. He's hey. been here when you were here. So, uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't acknowledge him because then, you know, <laughs> Stacey's a good little feller. Uh, many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Listen to our podcast at um, wherever podcasts are found. This thing still says riotcast.com. We are now finally with Studio 71. So you'll hear Dr. Scott's ads and some other stuff. Uh, it's going to be, it, it should be better. We're back on a weekly schedule. It'll be by God every week or, I'm, or I'll eat a bug. So it's going to be a lot better. Yeah. We're going to be doing, <laughs> we're going to be doing video stuff. I did a whole live stream last night and uh, I tried a new configuration and none of it went out. Ugh. So I recorded it and anyone that had the link could see it and interact with me, but nobody else could see it. <laughs> and so I started editing it and I was just going to upload it and I said, screw it. I'll just do another one tonight and do it right. Anyway, it serves me right. Uh, until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.